My name is Jared Daly. <laughs> My mentor uh, sent word that um, he thanks you for your grace that you have shown him because he is still under the weather and he's getting better and he wanted to come and if you know Jared, he was determined that he was going to come but Nan told him he couldn't come. (laughs) And being the example of scripture that he is, he wants to also defer to his wife on things as wisdom because he'll push himself beyond and he'll, he'll, he'll be limping the whole time because he's getting his doctor's degree and, and it's very hard for him to do all the traveling and all those type of things. So I just want to let you know that uh, he couldn't make it, but he will be here the last Saturday of this month and also that Sunday. Uh, which is the first of next month, he'll be here. Lord willing, he will. And it's sort of like Paul, the Apostle Paul. He intends to go somewhere, and he'll say, well, you know, that was my intention to go to this place right here, but um, the Lord had me come here, do do this, and um, know that any time he's not here, you know that it must be something good that he has because he usually does not get sick. He usually doesn't have, have any, any, any situation that's going to prevent him from fulfilling the obligation. So we gave him grace. Was that okay? Okay. And I hope you, um, even though you are familiar with me, I hope that won't be such a disappointment. <laughs> Today, we're going to continue with our series on children. And I'm excited about it because... The title of the message today is, What You Sow, Your your Children Will Reap. So I wanted to give you a sort of a demonstration here, uh, all during the service. And do you believe we can make something grow uh, during the service? Do you think God can make something grow during the service? (laughs) He can, right? How much faith do you have? (laughs) Well, we're going to do some planting today. And uh, let's review just a little bit. Now, the message, of course... Uh, last week and the week before last, we were talking about some of the uh, things that uh, we needed to do. And we said that our kids are watching us, our children are watching us. And uh, we have a great opportunity to uh, sow into their lives. And that's what God wants us to do because he's concerned about another generation. He's concerned about generation after generation after generation after generation until he comes back and takes us home. That's what he's, he's concerned about. And so that's what we need to be concerned about. So I have some seeds here, and these seeds are special seeds. Now, we know from Genesis, we know from Genesis now, that seeds have life in them. Is that correct? Whatever whatever this seed is, it's going to grow that. It's It's not going to be 
a cat that's going to come out of here because this is not, that's not, that's not going to happen. So what you sow, you shall reap. What you sow also in your children, they're going to reap. And that's exciting also. So I'm going to put one seed in here because we said that we were talking about things that, that could grow. And we said, the first thing I want you to know is that we're going to teach our children the word of God. We're going to, we're going to get, them, get them saturated with the word of God. And I said, that there are many things that you can teach your children, but one thing that we're going to teach our children is who God is. Who God is. And I believe that's very important. I think, matter of fact, it's the most important thing you can teach a child who God is. And we're going to put another seed there because we're going to also teach them that God loves them. He loves them. If they don't know the love of God, it's going to be a hurtful thing as they grow older. They're going to be looking for love in the wrong places. We want them to know that God loves them, and we serve a big God. So we talked about that last week. We also talked about, and I'm going to put another seed in there, that not only does God love us, but that God is is a God that he wants a personal relationship with you, a personal relationship with you too. He definitely wants a personal relationship with you, all of us, doesn't he? He doesn't want a distant relationship. He wants a personal relationship. So we need to teach our children that. God wants a personal relationship with you. He's not a distant God, some far-off God that's in heaven and looking down and, and waiting for us to make mistakes so he can bop us on the head. No, he wants a personal relationship with us. It shows that in Genesis, doesn't it? In Genesis, uh, we know that, that Adam, after he had sinned, God was walking into God, and he said, well, where, where, where are you? Where are you, Adam? I, you know, I'm used to talking with you, walking with you. Where are you? He wants a personal relationship with us also. He wants a personal relationship with your children. You must teach them, God wants a personal relationship with you. You can talk to God. You can start talking to God at a young age, and we'll go through that maybe uh, next time. We also said that everything, I'm just throwing season in there, so if it starts growing, don't be surprised. You know it's not going to grow, don't you? Okay, because I haven't put any water in it. Okay, just, just want to make sure you're okay. Everything that they have need of is in him. Everything. Everything that we have need of is in him. We don't have to go to other gods like the Israelites did. We don't have to go... Looking to all what man says, what the, the answer is in society. No, no, no. God has everything we need in him. And he'll direct us to wherever he wants us to go. Because God made everything, so he made doctors, he made everything, so he can send you where he wants to. But we start with God because it's in him. And that's about three things we talked about. Then we talked about that the word of God is inerrant and and we know that, I don't mean that inerrancy is you might not find something that may be one place it says this, another place it says that. We're talking about the general things. Um, let's say the children of Israel, when they went to, uh, when, they, when they just went to uh, Jacob, 
uh, went, went to Joseph. Jacob went to Joseph. You, you remember he took his he took everybody with him. And um, what happened? How many was it? And then another place to tell you another number. Okay, but we we know there's a small number. Do you understand? It's a small number. So that's what we want to concern ourselves with. You know, generally we know that the Bible is inerrant about who Jesus is and all those type of things from from Genesis to Revelation, it's going to coincide. So the Bible is the standard. I'm going to throw this seed in here because you know in this church, the word of God is the standard. We're going to talk about the word. We're going to, uh, we're going to read the word. We're going to, we're going to uh, uh, memorize the word, meditate on the word. We're going to uh, really go out and, and minister the word to people. The word of God is all that I know. I don't know anything else. Okay? Everything else that I used to know, I counted it dumb. Okay? The degrees and everything else. Because I know that it's the word of God. It's the truth. I was looking for the truth. I was looking for the truth in everything. I'm looking for what can make me happy. And I was sad because I was always looking for something for the next thing to make me happy. But I found out that happiness is in him. The joy of the Lord is my strength. We also, um, I think that's basically where we left off at. So let's uh, pick it up from there. Those of you who are taking notes, it was not on the website this past week. We'll try to get it up there. Um, but the next thing, let me pull a lot of seeds for this because God, he, he, he wants us to know, God wants us to, to know that he wants us to love him with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind. All of our might. Everything we have, God wants us to love him. That's what he wants. Let's turn to Deuteronomy chapter 6. And that would tell us, we'll start in verse 5. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your might. These words, which I am commanding you today, shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your sons, and shall talk to them, and talk of them when you sit, and when you in your house, and when you walk, and when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up. In other words, he's saying that you want to Always talk about the Lord. He even tells us that in verse 8, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets on your forehead. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. In other words, everybody who comes by your house, they should know this is the Lord's house. That's what they should know. This is the Lord's house. When they see you, This is the Lord's vessel right here. Everything about you speaks of God, the Lord. 
Elohim. Jehovah. My goodness gracious. You would call these people, probably, if they obeyed the Lord, fanatics. That's what we would probably call them. They're fanatics. They got it on their gates of scripture. They have it on their the posts, on, on, their, on, on their house. They have it on their mailbox. My goodness gracious, everywhere you go, they're talking about the Lord. I don't think I want to eat at their house. All they talk about is the Lord. To me, Moses is just telling them what the Lord said. That's what he's saying. This is what the Lord said. I believe that Israel would have had success all the days of their journeying if they would have obeyed the Lord. I believe that. I believe that we will have success if we obey the Lord. Now, I know that they couldn't, but I know we can. But I know we live in a, a, a land still, just like they live, lived in, that we have a lot of people who's going to be going another direction. They're going to have on their dope post something else. They want to talk about something else. But that's okay. We know that they have need of God. Just like you had need of God, I had need of God. I didn't even know I had need of God. I thought I had everything when I got an education, when I got a home, when I have got married, when I had kids, and I got a nice car. I said, man, I had grass to cut. I said, man, this is pretty good. (laughs) I'm serious. I don't like it now. But (laughs) But see, if you knew how I grew up, uh, we had, in our yard, it was dirt. And we had to rake our yard. That's how you kept the yard looking good. We had to rake it. We had a chain of ball tree. Anybody know what a chain of ball tree is? Where am I? <laughs> I don't know. That's what, that's what they call a chain of ball tree. They, and they'll drop off they, these balls. They'll mess up the yard. The car roll over, you know, and mess it up, you know. Uh, some of you know what a chain of ball tree. You just won't say it. So you <laughs> and we had Mama go out to tell me, go out there and rake the yard, son. Rake the yard. See, you'll never hear of that, raking the yard. You know? Except, of course, when they get leaves on the yard. But I'm telling you, that's what I had to do. So when I had grass, well, I said, boy, I have arrived. You know? <laughs> now I have the lawn doctor come by and spray, you know, and stuff like that, you know, to keep the little weeds out. I regret it. You know? <laughs> that stuff is growing. You know, it's growing. I said, oh, my goodness. But I will have success. You have success if we obey the Lord. That's important. Obey the Lord. Let's look over in Matthew because some of you, you know, you, you don't like the Old Testament, but, you know, let, let's go to New Testament. In Matthew 22, let's go there. And here we have, we'll start in verse 34. 
who will have the Pharisees? They heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees. The Sadducees, they were sad, you see, because they didn't believe in the resurrection. <laughs> that's how you can remember how, who the Sadducees are. Really. That's what a previous pastor, my pastor, told me. He said the Sadducees are sad, you see, because they don't believe in the resurrection. You see? Oh. So you know the difference between the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They're sad. They gathered themselves together. Verse 35. One of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him. 36. Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And he's quoting from Deuteronomy 5, isn't he? 6.5, Deuteronomy 6.5. And in Deuteronomy 6.5, you, you, you heard me read it. It said, with all your heart, all your soul, all your might. Now, we know that Jesus didn't misquote, don't you? Right? It's just that uh, that's the meaning. He knows the heart of God on this, thing, on this thing. Verse 38, this is the great and foremost commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two depend the whole law and the prophets. You can wrap everything up in those two. Now let's narrow it down because two is too many for us to remember. Let's go to Galatians. Really, I'm saying it's just too many. Let's go to Galatians. God wants us to love him with all our heart, all our soul, all our mind, all our strength. With everything within us, he wants us to love him. In Deuteronomy chapter, uh, uh, Galatians chapter 5, verse 13, let's look there. And it says, for you were called to freedom, brethren. Only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh. But through love, serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. In the statement, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And if I will go even further, uh, Jesus said in, in John 13, he said that a new commandment I have given you, is that correct? That you love one another. Even as I have loved you, you also love one another. Now, that's telling me that if I can just teach my children, if you can just teach your children, if singles, you can just model it because the children are watching you, if you can love others as Christ has loved you. Whew, my goodness gracious. Ooh, if you could love them just as Christ loves you. That's worth teaching, isn't it? That's worth modeling how do we treat one another in the church? We may think it's big things. You know, we may think sometimes, well, well, I love you. Well, do you? Because love is not just a word. It's action. It's commitment. It's dying to self. And people don't think that. Concerned about somebody else. 
And so the little things I try to do just to show love, and God gets on my case when I don't do that, being considerate is part of loving one another. It is. Uh, Matthew, if I'll turn to it, I don't want to turn to it, but Matthew 7, um, verse 12, it'll say that in everything, I mean every single thing, treat others the same way you want to be treated. That's what it says. That's, that's another way of saying love one another. We have to teach our children that. If you go to the, 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 uh, the, the house of someone else's son, uh, do you want them to share toys with you? Yes. Well, then share toys with them. When, when you all are working nursery singles, you think that, well, I don't have children. This message is not for me. Why don't you work in the nursery? Why don't you work with the children? Why don't you, you know, show them your love by what you do? That's how, that's how we're supposed to show faith. Faith without is dead, isn't it? Right. Okay, love without action is dead. There's no love. Jesus said, if you love me, finish it by me, keep my commandments. He didn't say, if you love me, I believe you. He didn't say that. He could have. But he said, if you love me, Keep my commandments. In other words, do something. Do something. You think his love language is acts of service, don't you? It's very important. It's very important for us to show it. So even like the thing that we we do at the the, um, church today, somebody put a lot of planning in there. And I could be, you know, not as nice. And so, look, you know, I have other plans. And so I go out and I go home because I don't want to eat the healthy food. I only eat some fried chicken. <laughs> you see? Yeah. You know, Barry and them, Barry and Joanne, they, they prepare all this food, you know. And I said, Man, it's a little cool outside. I don't think I want to be outside today. These gnats are getting ready. And I might get a tick. I hate ticks. I might get a tick on me, man. I'm not coming out there. I'm not coming out there. And he, he's, he's all ready for me. He's already asked me, are you, you coming? You know, Minerva coming? Yeah, we're going to come, brother. We're going to come. Ticks and all. We're going to come, brother. Yeah. <laughs> we're coming. We're coming. Another thing we want to teach our children. We, oh, this is very important now. Oh, this is very important. That God is just. Oh, let me pour a lot of seeds in here. God is just. Do you know that there's a lot of people don't think God is just? God is fair. He doesn't show partiality. He doesn't. Let's look in Deuteronomy chapter 10. Let's go there. I can tell you about it, but, but I just, I love the word. Don't you love the word? I want to see it. I like to read it. Meditate on it. I learn something. We're going to start in verse 12. It says that, Now Israel, what does the Lord your God require from you but to fear the Lord, 
your God, to walk in all his ways, to love him, and to serve the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and to keep the Lord's commandments and his statutes, which I'm commanding you today, for your good. It's not for his good. It's for your good. Behold, the Lord your God, to him belongs the heavens and the highest heavens, the earth and all that is in it. Yet, on your Yet on your fathers did the Lord set his affection to love them and to choose their descendants after them. You see, the Lord sent to descendants. He's into generations. Even you above all peoples, as it is to this day. Circumcise then your heart and stiffen not your neck no, long, no more. For the Lord your God is the God of gods. He's the Lord of lords. The great and mighty and awesome God who does not show partiality nor take a bribe. He executes justice for the orphan and the widow and shows his love to the alien by giving him food and clothing. So show your love for the alien, for you were aliens in the land of Egypt. Sometimes what happens is that we think that God is not fair because good things, some bad things sometimes happen to good people. And we say, well, and I, I've, I've had this in counseling session many times. Uh, well, if, if, if God loved me, he wouldn't let this happen. Come on. Come on. God loves you. If you don't think God loves you, start go back to serving Satan and see. He has no mercy. The devil has no mercy. Do you hear me? No mercy. God is merciful. All through the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, it shows the mercy of God. We are here today because of the mercy of God. He's merciful. And he's just. No one, gonna, no one is going to uh, get away with anything. I don't care whether the... Our justice system, whether they find out and whether they uh, do what's right or not, God's going to do what's right. So we need to teach our children because sometimes they'll get upset because um, they didn't get what they wanted for Christmas or whatever the situation may be and they don't love God anymore or uh, they didn't get into the college they wanted to. In a number of things. Have you ever been there? You know, that, that God, you know, I said, God, Come on, God. Man, why did I have to go to the, the hospital twice with pneumonia? Come on, God. Put it, put it on one of the prisoners, you know? My goodness gracious. But God is just, isn't he? He's fair, isn't he? Right. And you have to teach that because, you know, going in the, on a mission field, people lose a whole family. Whole family, and some of this stuff is going on on over these foreign nations. And you, you you can't paint no picture that that oh you give your life to Christ everything gonna be hunker dory everything gonna be just peaches and creams it's not gonna be that way. We're called to suffer. That's what my Bible tells me and Peter. We're called to suffer. So we need to let our children know that God is just. Because if you don't, your little son gonna go to school. Somebody's going to say something to him, and 
the principal will call you, hey, come get him. Because he, he, he didn't hit him in the nose because he, he, somebody said something he didn't like. And you got to teach him, hey, son, you don't have to take it out. On, on, on his, all you have to do is go to the authorities, tell the teacher. Uh, the teacher's not going to do anything. Hey, the, you do what you're supposed to do. Well, I told the teacher last time he picked up and she didn't do a thing uh, because it's, 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 uh, it's the teacher's cousin. Well, that's okay. God knows, son. God knows. He would take care of this thing. He's just. He's just. See, you, God's going to give you many opportunities to teach the children that, about justice, about equity. You can do the same thing, singles, uh, uh, out in the halls, working in the, in the nursery. You can do the same thing. You can start teaching the little children about justice and all those type of things. Uh, he took my toy. I was playing with that. He took it. Well, that's okay, God. God, let him have it. Let him, you know, the scripture says that if they take your goods, you know, you just let him have it. Give him your coat, too, you know. And the scripture says it, you know. <laughs> scripture says it. We have, we have to teach. We have to teach. Don't we? We have to teach. Also, we want to teach that um, God has created us. My goodness, this has got to be a lot of season. You know it's good, don't you? You know it's good, it's coming up. Well, you said, no, it's the end of your message. No, it's not. <laughs> this is just a good thing here. There's one seat left. I'll keep this seat here. Okay, uh, another one, basically, which is a good one, that we have to remember, Sam's he's, he's ready. You, you listen to this good one. You read it, it's a good one. You, know? um, you have to teach them they were created for the glory of God. They were created for the glory of God by being obedient to God. See, we can, we can glorify him by being obedient to him. How, how are we going to glorify him if we're disobedient? We have to obey God to glorify him. They were created for his glory. You remember I, I shared that with you uh, before. When we opened up another message, I don't know what, what it was, but we talked about Isaiah. Let's look at it again so you know exactly where to go to it with your child. Isaiah uh, 43, let's go there. Um, oh, it's a good one. Let's start in verse 6. 7 is what I want, but let's start in 6. They need to know why they were created. They need to know why, why, why am I here, Dad? Why am I here, Mom? Why am I, you know... Things are not going the way I think they should go. Why am I here in this world? Why am I here? Verse 6 says, I will say to the north, give them up, and to the south, do not hold them back. Bring my sons from afar, my daughters from the ends of the earth. Of course, he's talking about Israel after they've been in bondage, whatnot. Verse 7, this is what I want. Everyone. Everyone. Now, I know a lot of you know Hebrew, don't you? Don't you? Everyone. Tell me what, what it means in Hebrew. Oh, I see y'all know Hebrew. Boy, you doing? Jared, my mentor, he's going to be very proud of y'all. He likes Hebrew. 
who is called by my name and whom I have created for my glory, whom I have formed, even whom I have made. I don't think they'll mind, you know, sometimes. Uh, I was talking to one of my daughters a long time ago when they were real little. And I said, look, you got to do, do this right here. I mean, you know, um, you can't be doing this. Or you can't be doing that. Well, I didn't tell you to have me. Wait a minute. I didn't ask to be in the, come in this world. That's an opportunity to teach, isn't it? Opportunity to teach. Unfortunately, at the time, I didn't know anybody. <laughs> That's all right. You're here. That's what I told you. You're here. <laughs> I wish I had known the word, I tell you. I could have God, my daughter. You know. Thank God for his mercy and his grace. <laughs> Thank God. But you got to teach him that because it's very important. Isn't it? That's, that's worth all those seeds, I'm telling you. They were created for his glory. See, if they don't know that, they, they might do anything because they, they, are, they think they're just here. And their life is their own. Their life is not their own. Their life belongs to him who formed them, who created them for his glory. Okay. Now, I could teach you a lot of other things. We could go over a lot of other things. And I don't want to go over too many things. And I was just going to name some that I'm not going to cover. But it, it, some, let me, let me read you why it's so important. I gave you a st- statistic last week. And for the guests, that st- statistic was, Three out of four Christian teens walk away from the church after they leave home. And the article says that, you know, we think that, well, after they, they get their families and things like that, they'll eventually uh, come back to the Lord. But other statistics shine a little more light on this. In, in America, there is a 720% increase Gnosticism, 200 increase, is percent increase now, atheism. See, they're not just walking away from the church. They're walking away from a relationship with God and from God himself. Here's another statistic. This is good news here. In the last four years, there has been a rise in the proportion of adults who read the Bible. That's great news, isn't it? Good news. Now, here's a little bad news on that. Christians spend seven times as much time on entertainment as they do on spiritual activities. Now, this is very bad news here. Although two out of three of all teenagers say they know all the basic teachings of the Christian faith, two out of three reject the existence of Satan. That's not good. That's not good. Because they don't even know they have an enemy. And so that's like you're getting beat up and you don't even know who it is. You know? Three out of five reject the existence of the Holy Spirit. You know? it's, it's amazing. 
one out of two believe that Jesus sinned. That's half. Now, why then do we need to teach our children? <laughs> you know, my goodness gracious. We need to teach them. One of the things we need to teach them is doctrine. And that's what my, my mentor has taught me, doctrine. He raised my, my knowledge of, of uh, the word as well as the meaning and how to do it. And theology. Theology. Theology, the word is about God. Doctrine. All the set of information uh, that is on, like the subjects of Jesus. And so we teach on uh, the doctrine of Jesus Christ. Then just saying the doctrine of Jesus Christ, that means all the information about Jesus Christ and the, and the, the, the suitcases in is called doctrine. That's why we teach topically as well as verse by verse. We teach by, verse by verse. Uh, occasionally, usually during the summer, and uh, we will, like we went over James. You remember we taught James? We took six months, verse by verse, with James. And we're going to do the same teaching this summer. We're going to teach uh, verse by verse some of the uh, epistles of the Bible, because I think that's important. Because sometimes people get scriptures out of context. And so they, they quote a scripture, and they don't even know where it's from. And they'll take it and apply it to somewhere that God didn't make, uh, meant for them to uh, apply it to. So we need verse by verse. But you also need topical studies because if you don't know about the Holy Spirit, and I'm teaching in Genesis, it'll say the Holy Spirit hovered over, the Spirit hovered over the, the waters. But then, you, you know, you pass right over there. And so we need to teach, specifically drill it about the Holy Spirit also. And so we'll be doing that. So our children need that. They get in college, and they don't know about Jesus Christ, and so therefore, especially if they go to a, a, uh, especially if they go to a, just a secular school, and they're going to encounter people of all different types of spiritual religious beliefs. And they're going to tell you all sorts of things about Jesus. And if they don't know about Jesus, they can be swayed because they don't know. We have to teach our children about Jesus Christ, who he is. That's the first thing. That's why I said, who is God? We have to teach them about the Trinity. You, how many children can explain anything about the Trinity? How many adults can explain anything about the Trinity? Is there such a thing as a Trinity? It's just a doctrine, basically, because we know the word is not found in the Scripture, but we know the doctrine of the Trinity is talking about the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We need to teach our children that. Because if they don't know that doctrine, then they're going to believe some of anything. They'll start believing that, well, God is one. Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He's somebody else. And the Holy Spirit is the power of God. He's somebody else. Yeah. They're not God. they Jesus is the son of God, but he's not God. If you don't straighten that stuff out, it's people who believe, don't even believe in the Trinity. Do you hear what I'm saying? They don't even believe that, that, that Jesus was not God. They don't believe it. They believe he just was the son of God. He was just the son. He's not God. He's just the son of God. We have to teach it. We have to teach it. 
Don't you think it's important for them to know? So therefore, it becomes important for us to know, doesn't it? Because if we don't know, we can't really sow. So what we're going to do, I'm going to put this lonely seed over there. I'm going to put that in there. I'm going to pour some water in there. And then you know we need, for all you healthy people, this is not purified water. <laughs> this is sink water. <laughs> and uh, I brought my spoon with me. How many of you know that if you set seeds on a hard ground, that the birds going to come and they're going to take those seeds away? Right? That's why people want to put straw on, on things like that. I'm going to stir this stuff up so it can get down in there a little bit. Um, if you want to see seeds sitting on the ground, uh, you can go out, look at our field. We got seeds sitting on the ground because our ground is so hard that, um, you know, God says, break up the fallow ground, right, of your heart. And um, I didn't break it up, but it was broken up for me uh, by Access Reynolds. It's a, it's a piece of strip of grass. It's so beautiful. It is so beautiful. But they, they plowed it, and they, they put uh, nice seeds, put straw in it. It's looking good. It's looking good. And the rest of it, the seeds are staying on the ground. So um, if any of you have a, a mind to not have anything to do on the Saturday, want to plow up our field and uh, plant grass, then we'll, we will be happy to allow you to do that. Uh, we, we did the best we could. We have a mandate to do that. Now, I'm going to put a cover on it because uh, you, you can't leave it, leave it sitting like that. This is actually is what this is. It's uh, grass that, that I bought for, you know, for the cats because indoor cats, they need grass. And um, so we got this, and it's supposed to grow. If it doesn't grow, you know that somebody went and messed with it. Because God said, if you sow, you shall reap. Is that right? Okay. I believe God. What about you? Next week, we're going to uh, go into uh, really, really the ending of this series. And we're going to end it uh, really, really good. And we're going to have some people coming over to demonstrate some things and, and have some, some of y'all come up. Because I want some of y'all to tell us how you're doing it. Because I still haven't told you how do you teach them. I told you so far what to teach, haven't I? What to teach. But I haven't told you how to teach it. But some of you are doing such a great job. And I'm going to have some of you come up and share what you are doing uh, and what you did do. Because some of you have kids that are grown and whatnot. And, and, and they are very nice kids and things like that. And I want to see what you did to do it and what you're doing. Because uh, we want to help one another, don't we? We want to help one another to grow our kids up because they're all of our kids. Um, not just the person they belong to. Some of you that are uh, empty nesters, uh, like we are, uh, all our kids are grown, then you need, to, you need to take special interest in other kids. Help, help people, you know, uh, help adults. Because if you disciple a young couple, then what that young couple is going to do is going to impart that to their children. That's what they're going to do. 
the older are supposed to, supposed to now, teach the younger. That's what it said in, in the word in Titus, that the older women are supposed to teach the younger women. Right? The older men are supposed to mentor the younger men. So the older couples have been married a while, then you need to start imparting to these young people. And, and honestly, Minerva and I need more people who can help impart to these young people. We've got a lot of young people that need uh, somebody to impart, need somebody to invite them over to the house and, and, and uh, you know, uh, just so they can live with a couple a little bit on a Sunday or something, eat dinner with them and see how you uh, work with your kids and things like that. Okay? Make sure you tell your kids to behave and, and you'll pay them when they, you know, as the people leave. <laughs> Let's stand to your feet. God's good, isn't he? He's good. Next week, we'll maybe take the cover off and see what God has done. I don't know the timetable on this thing, but I'm going to believe God. On, over during the week, pray for, that, pray for those seeds that we're going to see something. We want to we wanna see an object lesson, don't we? We want to see some sprouts. We want to see something. Yeah. Ask God to blow on it. Father, we thank you for your word, Lord. Your word is good. Father, we thank you that we can have fun in church, Lord, because, Father... We're not, we're not just some Sadducees. We, we, are, we, we, don't, we are excited about this time of year. We're, we're going to celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and, and Savior Jesus Christ. So, so I'm so excited for this time of year because your joy is our joy. The joy of the Lord is our strength, Father. We can be strong this time of year. It's only because that you have rose, that we are here, Lord, and that we arise with you. If there's anyone here that has not given their life to Jesus Christ, just raise your hand and put it back down. We'd like to pray with you. I'd like to pray with you. Anybody here that you said, well, you know, I want to rededicate my life because I've strayed away from the Lord. We'd like to pray for, for you because there's no better time to be with the Lord than this time of year. This time of year. And if anyone you would like prayer, would the prayer team come up? Lee and Jan, could y'all come up and pray for people too? I have one of the prayer teams out. Thank you. If you have need of anything, if you even say, well, the message kind of, it doesn't, it makes me feel kind of bad because I, I have, I didn't do that. God will meet you where you are. My kids were a little older when I gave my life to the Lord, but God will make up time. The word is alive. It's powerful. And it would do the work. Just start where you are. The message is not meant to make you feel bad. The messages are meant to build you up. Because if you start planting seeds now, they're going to grow up. Those seeds are going to take root. They're going to do it.